Welcome to the Difference Maker Podcast, the show that highlights chartered accountants who are making a difference either in their industry, company, or for social good. A podcast created by CAW Network USA. Hi, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Braphne O'Donnell. Now, we often hear our members are looking to make the move from consulting into industry. But this can be quite a daunting task because of the unknowns and the different skills required. So on today's show, Simone Walsh will share her experiences and tips in making the move from salaried partner into industry. Now, Simone is the CFO of Delta Apparel, and we will walk through her process for making the move before outlining the steps that you can take to get promoted once you land that industry role. And finally, she will outline the skills you need to develop in order to become a CFO. So, Simone, thank you very much for coming on to today's show. So, tell us a little bit more about your current role. Certainly. So, I'm currently the Chief Financial Officer for Delta Apparel. Delta Apparel is a publicly traded company listed here in the U.S. um, on this New York Stock Exchange American Index with about $500 million of revenue, about 9,000 employees across half a dozen countries. And we make and produce uh, T-shirts, about $150 million a year, quite a lot, and also have a retail side of the business called Salt Life. Interesting. And and you have such an interesting journey to the US. Tell us a a little bit about that. Certainly. So uh, 20 years ago, my husband and I were living and working in Australia I was uh, with Deloitte as a salaried partner at the time and we looked and found that there was an opportunity to move to the United Kingdom uh, self-sponsoring and so we took that opportunity. Before we did that, we actually took some time off and backpacked through South and Central America, making our way to the United Kingdom and London in 2003. I was then in London for eight years and in that time worked for Sony for six years and then moved to Coca-Cola Enterprises to be their VP of tax for another couple of years before my husband was actually offered an opportunity to move to the United States. We've been in the United States now and in Atlanta since 2012, uh, where we've happily raised two of our children uh, and continued our career journey, and mine in particular, with US public companies. That's very interesting. And just take us a little bit back, you know, to you transition from a salaried partner to industry, which must have been a big leap of faith at the time. So tell us a little little bit about your thought process at the time and any challenges you had in taking that decision. Certainly. So when I left Australia, uh, it was 2003 and we moved to the United Kingdom. And what seemed to be a recession at the time, certainly uh, there were trickier times ahead in 2008 and 2009, but moving in 2003, I had the support and backing of a big four name on my resume and the known in industry of what, what a partner at Deloitte would look like or a professional in the accounting services would look like. So when I got to London... I really saw that as an opportunity uh, to examine more broadly 
than the traditional career path of staying in public accounting, but to look at industry jobs as well. And I was very fortunate to take an opportunity with Sony. I certainly took a step down. And I think that's really important in any career journey to be open to taking lateral moves or perhaps move in a non-traditional manner um, to keep yourself moving forward. So I was very confident in my accounting abilities, but I had not worked in an in-house company role. And so while I was confident that I could do the work, moving in from professional services and in consulting environment into being responsible in a company, um, I chose a path of taking a more junior role so that I could lean into what I knew I could do while at the same time learning how to operate in a very different environment in a company. Yeah, and that's very interesting. Now, and for our listeners who are looking to evaluate a similar move, what advice would you have for them in, in that thought process? So I think the first point is to be well-researched and certainly think through what you want as the next career objective. Um, all your career objectives aggregate to perhaps a longer-term goal that you've already identified, or you can make it more close to the time that you're looking at in terms of saying, what do you want to get out of the work? So if it's the case of leaning in and being comfortable with um, the type of work that you're doing, it's then looking at industry and critically company fit as well. And that's in any organisation in terms of fitting into the company environment. What I think is important when you're doing your research is getting comfortable with the element of the work that you will know how to do and the element of the work that will be new to you and how comfortable you are with that change can dictate how broadly you can look uh, across, across the field in either tax or accounting or finance, grounding in the skills that you've already got that you know you can come in and, and apply immediately, but perhaps it's the cultural learnings or the style of how an organisation organization operates and there is a lot of information available to research first and I can't stress that enough to get a sense of the type of company that you want to work with. Okay and you know once you had made the decision what actions did you take what were were your steps that you took to to find that role? So one thing that I've certainly found has helped me increasingly through my career um, is reaching out to your network. And so you're very fortunate as a chartered accountant, I think, that I started at Ernst & Young in a graduate program straight out of university. And it is worldwide, so I was in Australia at the time, but my experience sounds very similar to friends and colleagues in Britain and friends and colleagues that work here in the United States uh, as accountants. And so I think the first thing to do is talk to friends and colleagues um, if you feel comfortable about your interest in perhaps looking at a point in the future at changing roles and particularly those that have come from public accounting and changed roles, there's a really good resource to understand how people have thought about that. 
Um, one path I have found and a lot of people have leveraged is being in an audit practice, and I was for a time. I then moved into tax within the professional services. But certainly being in an audit practice and being in an industry grouping gives you really good exposure to an industry and the type of companies in those industries. So I would really recommend reaching out to work colleagues, friends, colleagues you perhaps studied with, and see how they also went through their journey at different points. It's also really important at any stage, and as you become more senior, you work with recruitment firms and accounting firms, typically on the hiring side, but it is really important to me um, to establish relationships and a few key relationships in that industry as well so that you can check in with people, go out, have a cup of coffee on occasion and update people where you are in your career journey um, so they are also thinking about you. Yeah, and the network is very uh, valuable. You know, in my own experience in New York here, the mm. CAW Network USA network is, is just amazing. Um, so then we spoke previously about the interview process and you had yes. some very good advice for listeners. Can you just rephrase and tell me and tell us again your advice for people who are taking the interviews? Absolutely. So, again, uh, preparation is the key and doing the work beforehand is critical. I know as an interviewer these days, and I've done it for many years, I generally ask every candidate the simple question, what do you know about my company? And that can be very wide ranging. But in today's world, the amount of information that is available um, to study up and research an organisation is critical and it is critical that you have been across that information. The, the single thing that that demonstrates in the first instance is that you are interested in them. And so if you have looked at a 10K or another financial filing or the company's internet or Instagram or any of the social media that, that most companies have set up, you are demonstrating interest in the company. Um, in any financial role, you're also illustrating that you are interested in the detail and a lot of the time our jobs are about being precise and correct uh, in the detail. So it is very important that you have researched the company. It is also helpful um, to have re researched and again there are a variety of job sites, um, some with a bias uh, of information that perhaps may be negative, um, like some of the review sites. So I think you have to be mindful of the reason people may have, have left reviews. But it certainly is helpful to um, have a look at those review sites. Um, again, if you don't know the person, they're online reviews. So I think just be mindful of that. But the other point is also, to the extent possible, can you do a little bit of research on the person that you're interviewing? And that, to me, is as simple as having the courtesy of looking up their LinkedIn profile. That's, that's public information someone has chosen to publish about themselves so that, again, you can demonstrate interest and you can demonstrate areas where perhaps you may have been similar. You may have um, 
not gone to the same college as the person, but they may have also started their career as a senior accountant in a big four accounting firm. And that is something that you can use in the interview to relate to that individual. Um, But I can't stress enough doing the research that demonstrates your interest um, will take you a very long way in that interview process. Yeah, that's great. And once you land an industry role, I believe you were in Sony was your first role? I was. I was I was at Sony for six years. Yeah. And you really got promoted so quickly and your elevation is very impressive. So how did you do it and what advice would you have for our listeners? So one of the reasons uh, I was successful at Sony and one of the reasons I enjoyed my time at Sony so much was that I put my hand up for work. And so to me, at every point in your career, um, the way you get promoted is to be really, really good at the job that you were given to do. That is the, the first point. So just do your job really, really well. But when you do see other opportunities arise, um, it's a great opportunity to go to your boss or go to another more senior colleague and say, I'll be interested in helping you out and helping and learning. And I think when you demonstrate that you're putting your hand up to say, how can I help, uh, you will be given more opportunities. And I think that that certainly happened at Sony. As I said earlier, I took a role that was more junior than I'd certainly been in, um, in public accounting in another country, but I'd taken a more junior role. And it gave me the confidence that I knew I could do the technical work, but I also demonstrated that I was capable of doing more. And I was given more and more responsibilities. And yes, within a 12-month period, I was promoted to a director uh, role where I actually then led the reporting function um, for all of Europe. And that happened because I put my hand up, a transaction came, I was involved then taking the lead from the person leading the transaction to assist them as well. And um, I was promoted promoted following that. And I've found that that has worked also when I was over here in the United States. I had a role where I was hired as a VP of tax and then there was an opportunity to take on the controllership functions and I did that. And that led me to then taking on investor relations, which led to me becoming the chief accounting officer, which ultimately led to me having the skills to be considered to be a chief financial officer. So always saying, how can I help? And putting your hand up uh, will bode well for you. Yeah, and you you have an impressive list of various senior finance leadership roles um, with uh, the likes of Novellus, PRGX. Now, how did you make the big breakthrough into those roles? What what skills did you work on and develop on your path to becoming a CFO? Um, sure. I think that one, when you start your career as uh, in professional services and as an accountant, you are originally uh, promoted on your technical ability. And typically you become a senior accountant because you're a really good accountant. As you then seek promotion to a manager, um, the organisations will look to see that you have other skills as well as your technical competence. And as you get further and more senior in your career, 
Your technical competence is then going to be assumed. You will have been at a certain level of technical competence to have the role. What does start to differentiate you, though, is management. And I often um, think about management three ways. I think about self-management. And so that that is your own self and the job responsibilities that you've got. Can you manage them? Can you manage them in the right time? Are you working in with other people? And that self-management of getting the job done. Self-management then extends to project management. And once you're given project management responsibility, you are then being asked to manage to get a series of different work completed as part of a larger body of work. And so that really then starts to, again, that moves away from your technical skills but moves into time management and, again, expectations of review. And so work takes on a different cadence. And the final piece is then people management. And people management involves taking care of the people that work for you and bringing them along on the journey, but also tactically making sure they're doing their work on time at the right level with the right review process. And people management is really hard. It is really, really hard. And once you've mastered self-management and project management and people management, you look like a manager. And the ability to get other people to do work for you is absolutely a differentiator. And the experience gained with then trusting others to do work and lifting up and taking on a review function is also a differentiator. Yeah, interesting, interesting framework there that people can use. And you spoke previously about developing board experience and shareholder experience. Can you just elaborate a little bit on those? Yes, absolutely. Um, so as you progress through your career, you're typically working with a variety of people. You'll be working uh, with people at your own level, your peers in accounting and finance, peers outside accounting and finance, uh, you're working with lawyers often, you're working with IT often, you're working with business-facing people as well, uh, as well as obviously uh, people more senior to you in the organisation. And I think in the same way I think about management and I think about self-management, project management, people management, as you become more senior, people look to... Um, see how you behave and how you perform and can relate with senior management, first of all. And so it's taking those opportunities, even if you're not presenting, for example, but to be in the room with senior leaders of the organisation to understand how um, they perform and how they behave and what behaviours are expected when you're dealing with senior leaders. So that's really helpful, I find, just to ask to be brought along to meetings to meet with senior management. From meeting with senior management, the next group of stakeholders uh, you're often talked about in more senior roles is to say, do you have board experience and board exposure? So not necessarily being on a board, but when have you had the opportunity to present to a board? And a lot of finance leaders and finance professionals are very fortunate to be able to have access to board members through the audit committee. And so the audit committee of any board, public or private, um, is a very important committee because they really have the, they are looked to 
for the governance of the financial oversight of the business. And so any opportunity to present or be present at an audit committee meeting is a great opportunity for finance professionals to get that exposure to the board because you'll see the tone and tenor of the meeting is very different. Um, we've talked about a little bit before about, you know, your financial expertise that is assumed as you get more senior. Um, a lot of the discussions at audit committee, um, the financial conclusion has been reached. And thinking about audit committee is looking to make sure that uh, risk is being appropriately managed and there's good governance. And so the conversation pivots. And so it's really helpful and there are opportunities there to gain that board experience and board exposure. Uh, and that is helpful to be able to talk to in interview because, again, um, companies are fairly selective about who they then um, put in front of the board. The third piece is then having a shareholder experience. And so that is the final piece in terms of being trusted to be present with uh, senior management, then be trusted to be present and participating in board-level discussions, and then the investor community. And so speaking directly to the investor community, that's typically an opportunity that you could seek through investor relations. In smaller companies, that, that may well be the controller or chief accounting officer or the CFO is doing a lot of that. But certainly opportunities to um, help present and prepare at investor conferences or non-deal roadshows, you could perhaps uh, assist in preparing that information and aggregating company information to put to investors may lead you to be participating in meetings. And again, I know a lot of my success at Coca-Cola Enterprises was because I had an exceptional boss at Sony that took me to all the meetings uh, with the Treasury, with the government, um, and from that I sat and learnt how you would interact with the government as well, um, and that allowed me to have the confidence to do it myself when I was at Coca-Cola. This is a there's a lot of great nuggets of of advice there in terms of building out that experience and skills to become a CFO. So. Thank you very much, Simone, for today. But in our penultimate question, we always uh, ask how you're using your qualification to make a difference. So tell us a little bit about Breakthrough Atlanta. Yes. And so I'm very fortunate. I serve on the board of a nonprofit, a charity called Breakthrough Atlanta. We have a program where we take uh, children in high school in the sixth grade and give them a six-year program so that they 100% uh, graduate from high school and go on to college. These are wonderful, wonderful children that are typically first in their family to college, and we help we help them see the path to college as well as help their parents move through what is quite a process in the US of getting into college and all the forms that need to come with that. And the program also provides through the summer a teaching fellowship to allow college students to come and actually teach and do um, class preparation and learn how to be a teacher to give them an edge also in their teaching careers. Um, and so I serve on the board as a treasurer. And so I'm, um, I, I 
get an awful lot out of being able to give back that way, um, give back with my financial acumen. Um, we have to put budgets together. We have to work out how to pay the teachers, how to run the buses over the summer. Um, we have an executive director that does an exemplary job of running all of that. Uh, but we have to make sure that we have the money in the bank that we can continue to support um, these children. And They've invested in us for a six-year six year window and we want to make sure that we're here uh, to provide for them in year 12 at the same way that we're providing for them when they walk through the door in sixth grade. Um, so I get a lot of joy out of giving back uh, as the treasurer of Breakthrough. That must be very re rewarding. And maybe for any listeners who are looking to find a similar role, how did you find that role? And so, again, uh, to what I had spoken about earlier in networking, it was actually the general counsel at a company, um, two companies back at PRGX. We worked together and um, we were working on a transaction. So, you know, there's many hours and that also then involves dinners at, at, uh, dinners at the office and uh, so we were taking a break at dinner one time and, you know, there's half a dozen of us around the table and uh, he started telling me about this was something he had to go to um, on the weekend and I asked him how he got involved and I said, look, if you're ever looking for someone with financial acumen and a year later he rang back and said they actually had a need and he thought of me. So, again, that networking, um, being naturally inquisitive and interested in others and asking what other people are doing, if it sounds interesting to you, um, reach out and ask the question and you may find there are opportunities. That's great. And uh, I have a final question for you and I didn't tell you about this before on purpose, but... Okay. If you Don't worry, it's nothing to be crazy. <laughs> um, but if you weren't an accountant, what would you be? Great question. Uh, I would quite possibly be a florist, um, which is very, very different to being an accountant. Uh, but it is one of the ways I do relax uh, in terms of I think I take great joy out of um, looking at flowers, then arranging flowers. I'm very bad at growing them, so that, that certainly wouldn't be in my future. Um, but perhaps it could have been very different as a florist. Very random, but uh, <laughs> great nonetheless. So, well, thank you very much, Simone. There's a lot of great information and tips here in this show. So I really appreciate I know you have a very busy schedule, so I really appreciate you coming on to today's show. So thank you. No, look, it's been a delight to speak with you. Um, I'm always happy to give back. I'm always happy uh, to chat and uh, help people on my journey or their journey, because many people, many, many people have helped me on mine. Great. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.